grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Mark Twain once observed, there are two kinds of people in the world, those who have accomplished something and those who claim to have accomplished something. The former group is much less crowded. Then Peter Benchley offered this opinion, there are two kinds of people, those who think there are two kinds of people and those who don't. Then there's the author of a slogan on a certain t-shirt. There are two kinds of people in the world, those who can extrapolate from incomplete data, all right, all levity aside, theologically there are two kinds of people in the world, and the Bible sometimes names examples of each kind, Jacob and Esau. The rich man and Lazarus, the Pharisee and the tax collector, or as in today's Old Testament lesson, Cain and Abel. In these cases, two individuals encompass the two ways in which humanity responds to God and his word. Now, having said that, let us not get off on the wrong tangent with regard to this Old Testament lesson. There's the temptation to think of Abel as the good son, as the one who pleased God by all that he did. That's why he was pleasing to God. And then to think of ourselves as being like Abel and to look down our nose at all of those who are like Cain, and not, got, not, not good little boys and girls like we are. Uh, nothing can be further from the truth. The scriptures are quite clear. None is righteous. No, not one. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We all, like sheep, have gone astray. We, everyone, have gone to his own way. Cain was a sinner, and his sin began with simply going through the motions of worship. By the way, have you ever just gone through the motions of worship without thinking about it? Yeah, me too. Let that, if nothing else, show us that we too are sinners before God, that we too have had times when we've acted more like Cain than like Abel. Now the account of Cain and Abel is not meant to, to, to fill us with self-congratulations at how good we are. No, this text shows us the consequences of sin. It shows us the salvation that comes only from God's mercy. And then it shows us the kind of life that should flow from having received that mercy. God showed mercy to Cain. Even after Cain had committed murder, God gave him the opportunity to repent. Cain might have repented of his sin. Instead, he chose to ignore it, thinking that he might be able to hide it from the Almighty. Cain did not repent of the wrong that he had done. 
we think of those who are an example to us of repentance. I mentioned the Pharisee and the tax collector. Think of the tax collector who would not even cast his eyes to heaven, but beat his breast saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. We've all sinned before God. We all need to repent. We all need to give thought at the beginning of our worship when we make confession of our sins before God to receive his forgiveness. In contrast to Cain was Abel. Abel was someone who acted in faith. That's what the book of Hebrews tells, tells us. There we read, By faith Abel offered to God a more acceptable sacrifice than Cain, through which he was commended as righteous, God commending him by accepting his gifts. Abel was not someone who earned God's favor. He received it through faith. None of us earn God's favor. We receive God's favor only through faith. Cain was not a man of faith. Abel's faith could be seen in the character of the offerings that he brought. Cain's lack of faith could be seen in the character of the offerings that he brought. The scriptures say that Cain brought to God an offering of the products of the earth. It says of Abel that he brought the best, the choices of his flock as a gift to God. Since something similar is not said about Cain, that is an evidence that Cain did not bring the best, did not bring the first fruits of his offering to God. We understand that Cain simply went through the formalities of worship. Cain's unthinking, going through the motions worship was an evidence of his lack of faith in the one true God. By contrast, Abel offered the best. Faith shows itself in actions. Faith means that our actions will show the regard that we have for God. In faith, we will offer to God the best that we are able. It's a way of saying that he is worthy of our best. God deserves the best of our offerings, of our time, of our treasure, of our talents. God showed mercy to Cain even when his offering was not accepted. He said to Cain, sin is crouching at the door. It's desire for you, but you must rule over it. Cain did not have to give in to the temptation that was facing him. Cain did not have to add to his sin of offering God an indifferent offering by murdering his brother, Cain could have resisted that temptation. Cain could have turned to the Lord in repentance and faith. God gave him a chance, but he did not take advantage of that chance by ruling over the temptation that lay before him. In contrast to Cain, we are to rule over the sin that is crouching at our door. We are to rule over the temptations that we face. In his letter to the Romans, the apostle writes this, Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body to make you obey its passions. 
Do you not know that if you present yourselves to anyone as obedient slaves, you are slaves of the one whom you obey, either of sin, which leads to death, or of obedience, which leads to righteousness. Cain failed to rule over the sin that was lying before him. You and I are called to rule over the sin and the temptation that confronts us. Our text is known for Cain's notoriously <clears throat> indifferent response to God's question about Abel. Am I my brother's keeper? Cain's response carried no weight with the Lord. Yes, he was his brother's keeper. You and I are called to be our brother's, our sister's keeper. You and I are called upon in faith to look out for the good of others, especially for our fellow believers. The Bible contains many exhortations to us to be concerned about others and about their welfare. By this we know love, that he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brothers. But if anyone has the world's goods and sees his brother in need, yet closes his heart against him, how does God's love abide in him? So then, as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone, especially to those who are of the household of faith. I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, so you may be sons of your Father who is in heaven. Genuine faith in the Lord shows itself in genuine worship. And part of genuine worship is showing love and concern and consideration to others, especially to our fellow believers. Cain represents all unbelievers. As we read in the first letter of John, we should not be like Cain, who was of the evil one and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his own deeds were evil and his brother's righteous. The life of Cain shows us the consequences of unbelief. John puts it this way in his gospel. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already, because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. Abel, on the other hand, is an example of faith. Why was Abel's offering accepted? Because it was given in faith. The letter to the Hebrews tells us, By faith Abel offered to God a more acceptable sacrifice than Cain, through which he was commended as righteous, God commending him by accepting his gifts. And through his faith, though he died, he still speaks. Abel's worship flowed from faith. That's why Abel's worship was accepted by God. Cain tried to hide his sin from God. He could not. The Lord confronted him about this and then said to him, Now you are cursed from the ground. When you work the ground, it shall no longer yield to you its strength. You shall be a fugitive and a wanderer on the earth. Sin brings its punishment. The episode of Cain and Abel demonstrates that to us. 
And Cain did understand just what his punishment involved. He said to the Lord, Behold, you have driven me today away from the ground, and from your face I shall be hidden. To be driven away from the presence of God is the ultimate punishment. It is the punishment of the final judgment. The Apostle Paul wrote this in his first letter to the Thessalonians. He says of those who do not believe the gospel, they will suffer the punishment of eternal destruction away from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his might when he comes on that day to be glorified in his saints. Nevertheless, even in this, the Lord showed Cain his mercy. Cain had protested, I shall be a fugitive and a wanderer on the earth. Whoever finds me will kill me. Yet God showed mercy to Cain. He put a mark on Cain, a mark to prevent anyone from killing him. God's judgment is, gr judgment is great, but his grace is always greater. Being excluded from the presence of God is what makes hell the torment that, is, that it is. Being in the presence of God is what makes heaven the joy that it is. The first letter of John puts it this way. Beloved, we are God's children now, and what we will be has not yet appeared. But we know that when he appears, we shall be like him because we shall see him as he is. The book of Revelation says it like this. No longer will there be anything accursed, but the throne of God and of the Lamb will be in it and his servants will worship him. They will see his face, and his name will be on their foreheads, and night will be no more. They will need no light of lamp or sun, for the Lord God will be their light, and they will reign forever and ever. Well, there are two types of people in the world, believers in Christ and unbelievers. The episode involving Cain and Abel points us to the truth that whoever believes in Jesus Christ is not condemned, but whoever does not believe in him is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. Like Abel, live by faith. Believe in Christ, the Son of God, and live. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our worship continues with the...